You're listening to Shalise's podcast. Okay. Well, I'm going to go ahead and pray and get us kicked off. Awesome. All right. Well, Father, we just thank you for another opportunity to hear from you this morning. We thank you that the gospel is the best news that has ever been proclaimed. And we are so thankful to have the opportunity today, Father, to hear it afresh, to dive deeper into what it means to be a new creation in Christ and to explore uh, the reality of what it means to be alive in Christ. Thank you, Father, that uh, there is the mystery of Christ in us is so good and so uh, infinitely um beyond our comprehension, Father, that it's going to take all of eternity for us to unpack the reality of what Jesus accomplished on the cross, where he uh, reconciled the cosmos to himself and made all things new. And so, Father, we just want to jump in, dive into the deep end this morning and explore what Jesus Christ has finished and understand it from a place of revelation and practical application in our lives. And so, Father, as we dive into this broadcast, I thank you that every listener is here by divine appointment. I thank you that they have ears to hear. I thank you that they have eyes to see, uh, that the eyes of their understanding are enlightened, and they absolutely know the hope of their calling. And so we just rely on you, Holy Spirit. We, we, we totally give you the floor. You speak while I'm speaking. Think through, think through my mind as I teach today. And we thank you in advance for just uh, completely transforming the way that we see ourselves and the way that we experience life, Father, because of what Jesus Christ has accomplished. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, awesome. Good morning, you guys. It's so good to see everybody this morning here. I will tell you, I am back in the saddle after battling COVID last week. So feels good. It feels good to be back in the saddle. And I will tell you, I am so thankful that I know Jesus and that I am still saved because that was a little bit of hell on earth, you guys. So I know a lot of us have have uh, have battled through that. And now I can honestly say I'm one of those people as well. So I'm super, super happy, you guys, to be back with you today. Super awesome to be feeling good and to be here back preaching the gospel. I, I don't know, I might share a little bit of my experience just how I applied what I'm going to be teaching this morning, uh, even last week while I was recovering from COVID. But we're going to be starting a new series today. I'm calling it Living a Resurrected Life. And Living the Resurrected Life is a title that I have been kicking around for a while, really ever since I got a hold of a revelation from Philippians chapter 3. And if you listen to my podcast very often, or if you read my book, or you follow my work at all, you know that it's kind of interesting. I feel like I'm one of the few female (laughs) preachers out there that really go after the gospel from a finished work perspective. It feels like the people that are, you know, in this grace camp, or, you know, some people call it the grace camp. I don't know that I really call it the grace camp. I kind of probably call it more the Trinitarian camp, but there just aren't a lot of us females out there, I find, that are preaching the gospel from a really complete identification with Jesus and from a union with Jesus perspective. And and I, I, I don't know, sometimes that 
I don't know, that surprises me, but um, it also encourages me and says, okay, well, I'm doing the right thing. And, and I, I just want to encourage you ladies out there that are, you know, called to teach and called to preach that get out there and do that. There needs to be more of us females out here. But anyway, this particular message came to me after years of really diving into Philippians chapter three. I've always loved the book of Philippians. Um, I love the fact that it was written from jail, that the Apostle Paul was in jail when he wrote it. I, I've always been enthralled with the tone of his letter to the church at Philippi when he was in such, you know, in a circumstance that a lot of people would be, um, you know, devastated over. Here, the Apostle Paul was telling us to rejoice, you know, and, and, to live above circumstances and learn to be content in all things. And, but, but where I really want to dive into this epistle over the next few uh, broadcasts is, is in Philippians chapter three. Now I encourage you guys to take some time to read the book of Philippians. If you're going to be following me on this particular journey in this series and, and obviously to read Philippians chapter three, because that's where we're going to be coming from. Uh, and I also really encourage you guys to read it in a couple of different translations. Um, I really love the way the Amplified version amplifies things in Philippians chapter three. But I also really love the way that the Passion Translation um, communicates in the, the book of Philippians. And I also love the Mirror Translation by Francis Toutois. So, you know, pick up a couple of different translations and dive in as we go into this particular teaching. And so I want to kick off this today. Really, I'm going to go to the Amplified Version, and I want to kick it off really on the foundation of what I'm going to be talking about over the next several broadcasts. And I want to talk to you out of Philippians chapter 3. I want to read to you a couple of these scriptures and talk to you about what I mean by living a resurrected life. And then after I've kind of explained it, okay, then we're going to go back and kind of dive in a little bit more into what the Apostle Paul is actually talking about here in the book of Philippians. But I know when I meditated on these scriptures really from years ago, it really occurred to me what the Apostle Paul was tapping into here. Into here. And I want to just start by reading. Uh, I'm going to start in verse... And I wanted to see if I can find this. I want to, I want to start in verse 10 but I want to read it in the Amplified Classic. So I actually have to um, go over here on my uh, Bible app and pull it up in the Amplified Classic because it's not on my Bible gateway. Okay, so let me just go to Philippians 3.10 in the Amplified Classic, okay? So here's what it says. Um, and we're going to read a little more than Philippians 10. So let me just go to Philippians 3. I apologize, you guys. Sometimes I don't realize which translations are available on that Bible app. Okay, so Philippians chapter 3 in the Amplified Version, in the Amplified Classic Version. I want to start reading in verse 10. Okay, so this is the Apostle Paul talking. He says, For my determined purpose is that I may know him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly. I'm going to keep reading, but I'm going to stop here for a moment because I just love the way the Amplified Version amplifies this stuff. 
Because here's what the Apostle Paul is saying is that his determined purpose is to intimately know Jesus. Okay. And he says, I'm going to intimately know Jesus. I want to progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly. So the Apostle Paul says, this is my purpose. And then he says, and that I may in the same way come to know the power outflowing from his resurrection. And again, in the Amplified, I love the way the word know is amplified. This is a Greek word, gnosko. And Paul is saying, my determined purpose is that I may know, I may gnosko Jesus. I may gnosko, um, gnosko him and the, know the power of his resurrection. And, and, and what is that knowing? What kind of knowing is it that Paul's talking about here? What kind of knowing do I want to know Jesus? What kind of knowing do I want to know the power outflowing from his, from his resurrection? Well, the Amplified amplifies this Greek word gnosko so that it says here that I may, this is how, progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving, recognizing, understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly. And that in the same way, how? More deeply, intimately, perceiving, recognizing, understanding, come to know the power outflowing from his resurrection. And it says, which it exerts over believers, and that I may so share in his sufferings as to be continually transformed. I'm going to stop here for a moment. Um, Because what the Apostle Paul is saying is that I want to so intimately know Jesus, and I want to so intimately know the power that was coming out of his resurrection, that, and I, I also want to share in his sufferings. And it says I want to share in his sufferings to be continually transformed. And here, in, if you look at the Amplified Version, it says to be continually transformed in spirit, into his likeness, even to his death, in the hope, verse 11, that if possible, I may attain to the spiritual and moral resurrection that lifts me out from among the dead, even while in the body. Now, It's worth going and reading these two passages, Philippians 3.10 and Philippians 3.11 in the Amplified Classic Version. Google it, do what you need to do to get a hold of this translation, because there is revelation in this that is is absolutely mind-blowing. Because what is the Apostle Paul saying here, that my determined purpose is to know Christ and to know the power coming out of his resurrection. He's also saying that I want to share in Jesus's sufferings. And when when we read these things, when we read about sharing in Jesus's sufferings and this kind of things, we think we're suffering for Jesus. Like we're out here, you know, being persecuted and that kind of thing. But that's not what the Apostle Paul is is, uh, alluding to here. He's saying that I want to so co-identify with Jesus's suffering on the cross. I want to so experience the crucifixion of Jesus, what it means to be crucified with Christ, to be transformed. I wanna be transformed. I wanna be crucified with Christ to such a degree, and I want to be transformed into the, the likeness of his death so that I can experience and I can obtain, it says, to the spiritual and moral resurrection 
that lifts me out from among the dead while even in the body. So when you meditate on this, if you do what I've done for so long, I just, I imagine the Apostle Paul, I mean, his life message was to unpack what happened on the cross. It was to explain who Jesus was and explain what what he accomplished through his death and his burial and his resurrection. And what he accomplished is he accomplished our burial and our death and our resurrection. And the Apostle Paul sat with this reality for so long that he he recognized that this is where it's at. <laughs> if you read the epistles, I mean, there's passages like in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 that talk about when I was among you, you know, the Apostle Paul said, I determined to know nothing but Christ crucified, right? In, in Romans chapter 6, you know, um, it talks about how we've been crucified with Christ. We've been buried with him, that we should reckon ourselves dead, right? I mean, in if you keep reading in, in Colossians here and you move into Colossians, um, let me go there, uh, Colossians, I'm sorry, uh, not Philippians, and this is in Colossians, but if you read some, some of the things that the Apostle Paul wrote in Colossians, in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1, it says, um, um, I like to read it in the Passion Translation, but it, it says that Christ's resurrection is our resurrection too. Um yeah, let me just read this. It says Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. It says this is why we already yearn for all that is above, for that's where Christ sits enthroned at the place of all power, honor, and authority. Yes, feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not with the distractions of the natural realm. Verse three, your crucifixion with Christ has severed the tie to this life. And now your true life is hidden away in God, in Christ. And as Christ himself is seen for who he really is, who you really are will also be revealed for you are now one with him in his glory. And so I'm taking, I'm, I'm slowing it down here for a moment because I want you guys to grasp the heart of the message of really what the, the, the gospel that the apostle, apostle Paul preached. And in Philippians chapter three, to recognize that his determined purpose was to understand the mystery of Christ in him, was to know Jesus, was to, 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 to recognize that because of what Jesus accomplished, now he had access to knowing Jesus. And I mean, experiencing Jesus, perceiving Jesus, coming to understand the wonders of his person. And the whole premise of Philippians chapter three is how the apostle Paul was obsessed with this that this was his determined purpose to just co-identify with the sufferings of Jesus, to understand what it meant to be alive in Christ and, and what was the power outflowing from Jesus' resurrection to such a degree that it, it, it changed him, it transformed him, it made him, it, he experienced what Jesus has accomplished. And I don't know if this like blows your mind to the extent that it blows mine. And I don't know that I'm doing a great job of introducing this this, this morning. But I, as I sat with these scriptures and I recognized that the, what the Apostle Paul was going for here, that he was wanting to so identify with Jesus and so fellowship and, and what I mean by fellowship, so participate in Jesus's crucifixion 
that he would be able to live as someone who has been, and that's really what the what what the amplified version is saying here, as someone who has already been resurrected. Okay, let me read it one more time here. It says that I may so share in his sufferings as to be continually transformed in spirit into his likeness, even to his death, in the hope that if possible, I might obtain the spiritual and moral resurrection that lifts me out from among the dead, even while in the body. And so, you know, the thing you have to realize about this co-crucifixion and this co-crucified life with Jesus is that this truly is a, a mystical um, reality, right? There, there is a, a, a truth here. I mean, it's not just an invisible reality, but there is a truth here that even though it is invisible, even though it is a spiritual truth, there is the capacity of this truth to manifest in our lives. And, and you know, it, it's not, why does it matter, Shalise, if, if, if you like live like you're crucified? Why does it matter if you live like you've been buried? Why does it matter if you live like you've been resurrected? Because the human potential that you and I possess as new creations is, is, beyond really our ability to 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 comprehend what what the crucifixion means what the resurrection means what the burial what our co-identification jesus with what, what it means is that we no longer are mere human beings it means that we can transcend what it this human experience you know um i mean that's never been more you know, real to me is I think about just recovering from COVID over the last week. I mean, I would sit in my bed, lay hands on myself and, and literally say the same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in me. And I would just meditate on that reality. It was, I was laying in bed miserable. I have, I have, I have been raised with Jesus Christ. The spirit of the living God lives within me and I am resurrected with him. This sickness has no authority in my body. COVID has no authority in my body. And, and I will tell you, like, it was a dramatic shift. I, and this is just my own little testimony of, of just dealing with the natural, you know, effects of COVID in my body. But living a resurrected life changes the way that we show up in the world, or it should change the way that we show up in the world. It should change the way we see ourselves when we look at ourselves in the mirror. You guys have seen me kind of, you've heard me joke about, you know, scary Jesus, probably, if you've been listening to me for very long. But let me just tell you the power of Jesus's resurrection and the idea that this, 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 this resurrected Lord Jesus Christ is living inside of you. It's not just meant to be a truth that we preach or a truth that we, we read about or a truth that we mentally ascend to. It's meant to be a truth that manifests in our lives, that literally begins to shift the way things um, respond to us in the physical realm. You know, when I spent a year meditating on the scripture, Christ in you, the hope of glory, and the Holy Spirit told me to go look at myself in the mirror until I could see Jesus Christ staring at me back in my reflection, I had no idea what that, revela what that revelation could do. All right. I mean, up until that point, I had thought about the gospel as a message about, you know, being saved from sin, being, being my, you know, my sins being forgiven, about me going to heaven. Never in a million years that I think it, it was really about 
the reality of the resurrected King, the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ living inside of me. And what did that mean? What does it mean that, that we have a resurrected God, resurrected Jesus inside of us? And I'll never forget when I was there looking in the mirror, I didn't know much about biblical meditation. I didn't know much about, you know, how to use my spiritual uh, imagination or my spiritual eyes and what the role of my imagination was. And I remember when the Holy Spirit said, I want to make sure, Shalise, that you understand who lives inside of you. I want you to go read Revelation chapter one and, and, and see who this resurrected Jesus is. This isn't just Jesus you know, baby Jesus in the manger. This isn't just Jesus walking along the Sea of Galilee. This isn't just Jesus at the Last Supper or even Jesus on the cross who's living inside of you. This is the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ. And as I read Revelation chapter one and I read about how Jesus's hair was white like wool and eyes that are, you know, flames of fire and his face that is as bright as the sun. And then I learned you know, as I just kept reading, his feet were like burnished bronze and he had the keys of hell and death in his hands. And this was the Holy Spirit was just teaching me line upon line, precept upon precept, saying that, no, this is who's inside of you. And Shalise, I want you to identify with the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ. And this is, I guess that's why I so relate to what the Apostle Paul is saying here in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10 and 11. He's saying, I want to understand this. I want to understand what Jesus has accomplished. What does this mean for me? What does this mean for how I show up and experience reality? And I'll tell you what it meant for me, you guys. As I began to get a revelation of this, I'm telling you, the truth of the matter is, is that I all of a sudden started seeing things, miraculous things happening in my life, happening around me because the seen realm recognized what I saw. You know, all of creation is moaning and groaning for the for the manifestation of the sons of God. And all of a sudden, as I began to co-identify with Jesus and I began to recognize that I was crucified, that I was buried, that I was raised and that I am... Oops, sorry, I forgot to turn my phone off. That I am uh, co-resurrected with Christ. It began to actually show up in signs and wonders and miracles that were happening around me. Um, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll just share one instance of this, but I actually have a graduate um, from Emerge that graduated last month that experienced something very similar, you guys. And it was interesting because as she was graduating and we were kind of going through her answers to the five cues, um, this whole concept of resurrection was a very powerful theme in her, um, her purpose. <laughs> um, she's survived a lot. She's been a hospice nurse. She's had a husband who died prematurely. And I mean, God just came out of the gate very strongly saying that you are here to raise the dead. And I know that that may be a little shocking to people that aren't used to thinking about that. I don't think my audience is too shocked by that because you guys are pretty wild and wooly and radical. But that's a lot that's shocking to a lot of uh, conservative Christianity in the world. You know, it's shocking to think that, yes, Jesus is still raising the dead. And honestly, it's not even a big deal in the kingdom of God.
You know, I think that we somehow have all of these miracles stacked up and these are maybe maybe praying for someone with a headache is something easy for God to do or easy to do. But, you know, then we we stack it up into certain diseases are really hard to heal. Then we stack it up all the way up to like, you know, raising the dead and raising the dead's like the ultimate miracle, you know, but it's not the ultimate miracle. I mean, when Jesus sent out um, his disciples and told them to go preach that the kingdom of heaven is at hand and he just said it matter of factly, heal the sick, right? And he just put it in there heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, uh, cast out devils. It was just one of the many things that he told them to do. And he just, and he didn't say, by the way, pray that God would heal the sick or pray that God would raise the dead. No, he just matter of factly said, go raise the dead, go heal the sick, go raise the dead, you know? And so I'm saying that to share that this whole concept of resurrection life isn't just a side note, but how, how much of it, how much time have we really spent thinking about what does Jesus's resurrection mean? I mean, we've majored on the cross, some of us, we've understood, okay, yeah, I need, I'm crucified with Christ. So, so I need to, what does it mean to be co-crucified? What does it mean that I no longer live? What does it mean that I don't have a sin nature? I mean, even that for a lot of people are, I mean, this is like radical preaching for people because there's, they've been, we've grown up in an evangelical world. that's just teaching us that we're somebody we're not, we're sinners. We're, you know, just barely going to make it by. We're also sin conscious. And we have not entered into the place of understanding that no, 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 no. Like Jesus Christ is alive. Okay, first of all, what does that mean? But secondly, he's alive in me. What does that mean? What does that mean that I am, um, that the resurrection power of God is inside of me? What does it mean that the same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in me? What does it mean that the apostle Paul was making it his determined purpose to know, not only know Christ, but to know the power of his resurrection? What is it about the power of the resurrection? that has the power to completely in drive the apostle Paul and, and, and his message into this being his purpose. I, I, and the more that he knew, the more that he just began to preach the simplicity of Christ crucified. And, you know, as I, as I personally have dived into this with the Holy spirit. And like I said, as I sat in bed last week, laying hands on myself, know the same exact spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in me. And as I stood in front of the mirror and said, wait a second, the resurrected Jesus is actually inside me right now. What does this mean? And as my graduate last week has now like discovered that she is here. I mean, this, this particular graduate is here to make resurrections from the dead normal for the church. She's here to have a, you know, create a resurrection museum of documented resurrections that have happened around the world. It was an incredible thing to sit in the presence of God and watch, watch the, 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 the father's heart unfold for the purpose that he has for this particular, for this particular um, graduate. But not only that, I mean, this is for all of us. Like this, this whole, what's going on right now in, with COVID, what's going on, um, I mean, you guys, there is more power. There is more power that we have access to than we have, than we have fathomed, than we have fathomed. I think the Bible gives us a glimpse into that. Obviously, over the course of history, we have seen, uh, you know, different saints rise up and see, 
incredible things. I mean, you know, obviously people are still being raised from the dead today. I mean, there's ministries like David Hogan down in, in Mexico. When they pray for the sick, they pray for the sick, pray for the sick. And if they happen to die, well, then they start praying for re- resurrection. And they see a ton of res- people resurrected from the dead. You know, Heidi Baker's ministry. I mean, these are these are miracles that are happening in our modern day. But somehow you and I have not taken on this concept of living a resurrected life and understanding what it means to have the resurrected Lord Jesus living inside of us as our own personal um, purpose, <laughs> like us having a revelation of of who Jesus is to such a degree and co-identifying with him to such a degree that we begin to experience transformation of resurrection life. Like we show up as Jesus said, I am the resurrection. I am the life. And we begin to to look death in the face. We begin to look sickness. We begin to look the kingdom of darkness in the face and we begin to see it bow. We begin to watch it bow. You know, I was alluding to how I began to just see incredible signs and wonders as I personally have meditated on this in my life. Like literally I was catapulted into a life of miracles after just meditating. I just meditated on the gospel. I meditated on Christ and me, the hope of glory. I meditated on what it meant for the resurrected Lord Jesus to live inside of me. And I got established in the reality that this is no longer Shalice that lives, but it's Jesus in me living. And I remember going one time into, this was when I was doing a ton of street ministry. And I remember going into this lady's house that was just filled with drug addicts. And the moment that I walked in, everyone went into seizures immediately. Now, you know, in the natural, when people go into seizures or they're on drugs or whatever, what do you do? You call 911. But in the Bible, when you look at someone that had a seizure, Jesus told that deaf and dumb spirit to come out and he cast devils out of people. And so why is it that I would walk into a, a, a house that's full of people that are just, you know, do, on drugs and it's, my very presence would cause seizures to break out? Why? Because it, I had I had a revelation of Jesus Christ, scary Jesus, Jesus inside of me. You know, as I was telling you about this graduate last week that got, or it was last month, that got, you know, basically her purpose is to raise the dead and make raising the dead normal again. When she got on the airplane going home, you know what happened? Someone went into a seizure. Someone on the airplane went into a seizure and she began to pray and speak in tongues and those kinds of things on the airplane. And so, but when she, when I heard the story, I was, it, it was not a coincidence, you guys, when you start to operate from a place where you are really identifying with the resurrection power of Jesus, let me tell you what, the power of God will manifest in your life. It will manifest in a way that you just have not even thought possible. I mean, you you know, what, what is the secret to power in the Christian life? You know what the secret to the power in Christian life is? The secret is there is no you. There is no me. The secret in, of ministry, the secret of praying for people, the secret of, 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 of seeing God move is that you are no longer there. <laughs> that those are no longer your words that are speaking. I mean, I, I'll never forget when I was just very young in ministry. And I remember I was as an altar minister. At a, it was a very large church, but I was an altar minister. And man, I would pray in the spirit the whole service because I was so nervous about praying people, praying for people after service. And I would think, oh my gosh, these people are going to come up and ask for me for prayer. And I don't know what I'm going to do. And I was so self-conscious. I was self-conscious about what I was going to say. You know, like they were coming up 
to like I was going to be praying in Shalise's name or something. And finally, the Lord got to me and said, Shalise, this is not about you. This is about me. This is about you learning to disappear. This is learning for you to learn to get out of the way. This is about me manifesting myself through you. This is about the father in you doing the work. And I will tell you, uh, I just, that's really what we learn. We learn how to just be a carrier of, of the king. We are a carrier of the kingdom, but not independently. It, it, this becomes our identity, that we are a vessel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and this is what the Apostle Paul is, is talking about in Philippians chapter 10 and verse 11, that he is, and you'll see it as we begin to go through the, the rest of the, the scripture, that this whole chapter is about him losing his identity, him losing his human identification of being the Hebrew of Hebrews and just counting that all loss, like counting whatever he was in the flesh as loss, as who his identity would ever have been in the flesh as completely worthless compared to the excellency of knowing Jesus, of understanding the gospel, of, of recognizing the wonders of his person. And the beautiful thing about as we recognize the wonders of Jesus's person, that we recognize that as he is, so are we in this world. That when we see him, we see ourselves, which is really the, the, the purpose of Colossians chapter three. He's saying, no, Jesus's resurrection is your resurrection. You are now seated with him in his glory. And so, beloved, our entire Christian walk is really about also getting obsessed, <laughs> like the apostle Paul, with the gospel. Like, what does this mean? What does it mean to be crucified with Jesus? What, what does that actually practically mean for me? And when the Holy Spirit began to just, you know, have me stand in the mirror and look at myself, you know, until I got it, I, I learned that, man, the Holy Spirit is obsessed with this message. He's obsessed with us getting it. And he is a teacher. He is our teacher. And he wants us to experience the gospel. He wants us to understand the power that is outflowing from Jesus's resurrection in our lives. This is not meant to be just a gospel that we preach. This is meant to be a gospel that is demonstrated. Signs and wonders should be following us, guys. We should be laying hands on the sick. We should be doing the same works that Jesus did, and we should be seeing the exact same things. And if you want to know the key and you want to know the secret to a life of power, the life of power is found in the gospel. The gospel is the power of salvation. It's the power of deliverance. It's the power to transform our lives. And I want to encourage you that that as we go into this series, I don't want this to be just another you know message that you listen to while you're on the treadmill or you're driving in your car or whatever, and then just move on to the next one. No, I really want to encourage you guys, let the gospel completely, radically change the way that you show up in your relationship with yourself, in your relationship with others, in, in the way that you see yourself when you look in the mirror, in the way that you respond to various situations, right? I mean, you know, I personally just went through a trial as I was dealing with COVID, but there's all kinds of situations going on in people's lives right now. And we have to learn how to walk through things that are contrary to what we know are true and how to stay in that place of power, to stay in that place of victory and stay in that place where we are um, overcoming we are overcoming, overcoming. We are more than conquerors. And we are just going from faith to faith and victory to victory. And yeah, we might get knocked down, but you know what? We get back up. We get back up because the greater one lives inside of us. You know, 
And the, the idea that the resurrected King of Kings, Lord of Lords, the King who was there in the beginning, the word of God that said, you know, was there when God said, let there be light, that's who's inside of you. And if you really, really believe that and you really get into a place where you're meditating on that and you're grasping that and you're you're embracing that as your real identity. And I mean, you guys, like it's a job, okay? Like it's a job to renew your minds to this truth. If you will do that, I'm telling you, your life will be unrecognizable, unrecognizable in a month from now, in two months from now. If you just, I mean, I tell people, shut out the news, shut out what's going on in the world, because you know what the solution to what's going on in the world is? Sons of God. You know what the solution to what's happening out there is? Sons of God. It's an army of resurrected Jesuses running around in human skin. And that's the answer. So we need to get less externally focused and we need to get into the place where we have, where the gospel has become our message, where we have, we make it, we make, we're like the apostle Paul, our determined purpose, our determined focus, our determined uh, way that we are, we are, our mindset is to know him, to know him and the power outflowing from his resurrection and to be transformed so that that message that what Jesus has done becomes reality in our own lives. And as you, as you begin to change the way you think, guess what? The, the, the works that happen from your life are fruit that just come out of the root. It's just an automatic manifestation of what you actually believe in your heart. You know, I really can't underestimate the, and, and I can't like encourage you enough to take time to, 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 to meditate. You know, I'll never forget when when the Holy Spirit told me, you know, I want you to meditate on this scripture, <laughs> Christ in you, the hope of glory for a whole year. I thought, well, how boring. That just sounds like the worst assignment in the whole world. Like, don't you read your Bible through in a year? Like, what do you mean one whole scripture? I mean, just one scripture for a whole year. But let me tell you guys, that was to this day, it's been the most radically transforming year of my life. And so it's not so much that you, you know, can recite all the scriptures. I mean, the Pharisees knew all the scriptures, but they, they didn't operate in the power. They didn't come to Jesus. They didn't know him. They didn't recognize him. So it's not about being a Bible zealot. It's not about, you know, being able to spout out all the, all the scriptures. No, it's about a revelation. It's about a revelation of what is the gospel actually mean and what does it mean for me? Okay, it's not about you getting, you know, the next sermon on 10 steps for God to prosper you and you getting the next whatever uh, conference where there's going to be a revival and this guy's coming through town and you're going to da 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 da. It's not about that, guys. You know what? It's about you. It's about you and who you are in Christ and who you've become as a new creation. It's about you. It's about you doing the same works as Jesus. It's about you rising to your full potential in Christ, which is Christ in you. It's about Jesus being released through your life. It's about you operating in signs and wonders and doing the same works that Jesus did and, and you actually showing up as the solution in situations, having the answers, having the wisdom, having the, the connection with the Holy Spirit that you know what to speak, how to speak it, and the breakthrough is happening because you're there. That's what it's about, you guys. It's about you being Jesus in your skin everywhere you go, you know? 
And so we're going to hop in more into this whole passage in Philippians chapter three, but I'm going to be coming strong. I'm going to be coming on strong this week or these next few weeks as we're going on these podcasts, because it's time. It's time. I mean, if I, you know, it's, and you got to know me, if I come out of something like COVID or I come out of a trial of my own, I'm always coming out stronger. I'm always coming out, uh, having the last word and having, you know, being, being better because of that trial, being better because of what I've gone through. Uh, and I'm fired up. I'm fired up. I'm mad. <laughs> I'm a little mad about it. Um, because it, you know, it's, it's, we still got it going on in our home. My, my daughter and my husband is still not hundred percent recovered yet. And it's not okay. It's not okay. But here's the, here's the point. The point is, is that when I say I'm coming out stronger and I'm coming out, you know, even more zealous about this, I'm coming more determined than ever to get more revelation about what it means for the resurrected king to live inside of me and more fired up than ever to get as many people on this journey with me as possible to see the manifestation of the fullness of Jesus Christ coming through in our lives. I want there to be a revival everywhere you go. Instead of us praying for it, let's be the catalyst for it. You see the signs and wonders because you're there. And the key to that is understanding who lives inside of you. It's not about, you know, there's so much, so many other things that we can focus on. There's so much to, to, to think about every day that is, is, is a waste of our time because it's relating to ourselves out of an identity that doesn't even exist. It's, it's coddling, I don't know, weaknesses. And I mean, just all kinds of, of, of things that keep us stuck in a place that is not even the reality. It's not even true. It's not even real when you think about the truth of the gospel. And so, beloved, that's my little, my sales pitch is I want you to dive in. I want you to also, as you go, as we go on this series together, I want you to make it your determined purpose to, to, to push in greater to understanding uh, who Jesus is, the wonders of his person, of, of, of the glory of Jesus Christ, and then recognizing that that's who lives inside of you, that you are seated right now in heaven, inside of Christ, that the glorified Jesus Christ, that the glory Jesus has, has been given unto you, and that it is now time for you to rise and shine. And when I say that, for the Jesus in you to rise and shine, it's time for the Jesus in you to be released and for you to be the answer, be the answer that honestly the world needs today. So God bless you guys. So happy to be back in the saddle. Happy to see uh, and be with you today. And you guys have an amazing week and we will continue this series uh, really soon next week. All right. God bless you guys. Thanks for listening to Shalise's podcast. This recording is in part made possible by our listeners. To partner with us, visit shalise.com where you can donate and help us spread the good news of our unshakable union with Christ around the globe. You can also find a link there to download Shalise's book, The Path, for free. And if you're ready to discover the call of God on your life and the purpose He created you for, then visit us at Shalise.com and watch Shalise's free training, where you'll hear five keys to hearing God about your life purpose and transitioning into it. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, don't forget, the world needs the Christ in you.